0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast, Alan and Trent here, so glad to be with you this uh, summer day, and I hope things are going well for you this summer as you kind of go through conferences, vacation, vacation Bible schools, camps, all those kinds of fun things that we do in ministry. We are so blessed that you take time to join us and so grateful for you, and today we want to talk to you about something that's really kind of been a discussion point the last couple weeks since Barna released some latest research, so Trent, tell us a little bit about that today.
1: Yeah, Alan, um, the ChristianPost.com released a part of Barna's research or their commentary on it, and uh, a lot of the article was talking about that um, fewer and fewer Christian leaders have what they call a true friend, and that's impacting their, their mental health, and so today we want to talk about you know what does it mean to have a true friend is it even possible for people in ministry to have a true friend and uh, i think this is really important you know alan we've done a lot of podcast episodes that talked about not being a a lone ranger um, the need for uh, you know guys that you can connect with and and be have a support system and this kind of reinforces that. So we'll we'll put the link to that um, article on our notes and, and just uh, so you can go check that out for yourself.
0: Yeah, Trent, when we were in New Orleans, we get were reminded of a great quote, an old African proverb that you can go faster alone, but you can go much farther together. And that's certainly important. Um, a quote that has resonated with us as we think about that, because that's one of our huge encouragements to you, is to remember that you cannot survive ministry all by yourself. If you're out there on an island, um, you're you're just cut off from what you really need. So, we want to encourage you to build friendships in ministry.
1: Yeah, I love that that quote, that African proverb. Willie McLaren shared that with us, and uh, that was it's a good reminder you know yes you can do things faster and i remember alan um, when pastoring and it was so much easier you know Dana was like well, why don't you get somebody to help you and it's like well it's just faster and easier for me to just go do it myself uh, but we need to be um, having people alongside with us and we also need to be training people and taking them with us in the things that we do. So I love that African proverb, that's really so good. So today, Alan, let's talk just a little bit. Is it possible for people in ministry to have a true friend? Because I know that Dana and I have talked about this a lot and I've talked with other ministers quite a bit about this and it's a struggle to to find a friend or to open yourself up in ministry. So what do you think about that, Alan?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, when you think of friendships, I I think here's the thing. You kind of have like that really close group of friends, and then you kind of have other people that you call good friends, but they're not maybe in that inner circle. They're not the first people that you call in different circumstances. And so it can be hard um, to have a friend um, inside your church, but sometimes it's okay to have friends who are outside your church as well. And I think that at, there's times because in ministry, we oftentimes move somewhere to take a church. So we're the one man and we're new and we go in there. Well, I'm having a hard time making a friend, but you've also cut off all the friendships you had before then. So, yeah, you've kind of set yourself up for a kind of a difficult challenge, but it is a challenge.
1: It is a challenge, to, especially when you, like you say, you move away. Um, Alan and I, we, we became friends when we were in college together at Wayland, and then we went to seminary together, and and even though we've lived, it seems like, a long ways apart most of the time in the country, we've remained close, so it's possible to have good friends that are not necessarily right where you live, um, and honestly, as a pastor, it seems like that's the easier and better way to have a true friend is somebody who's not in your church. Um, I, I don't know, Alan, it seems like it's hard to trust someone in your church that you're serving as a leader for. And, and so that it's, sometimes it's easier to have a friend that's not associated with your church.
0: Yeah, I think that can be a little bit challenging when you're trying to make that, that friendship. Now I've had some really close friendships in church. You and I have talked about this issue before. We were encouraged when we were first in seminary not to do that. They're not teaching that in seminary anymore, and I'm grateful that they're not. But we were discouraged from creating friendships, and I've kind of poo-pooed that idea from the very beginning. But I have been hurt a time or two. I have shared things and realized that the relationship was kind of a one-way street that I gave to it. They didn't give back, and a lot of times because it's true. I was their pastor. And in some of those cases, there's a, even more openness once you're no longer their pastor anymore. Um, mm-hmm. to share. And again, you just kind of have to think through the dynamics. But at the same time, there there are people I consider true, true friends that I did pastor, and they didn't seem to care that I was their pastor.
1: Yeah, I, I can agree with you on that, Alan. I had... Um, a good friend, Mark Hall and I, we're still very good friends. He was a part of my church that I pastored last and, um, we still text back and forth to this day, you know, and send crazy jokes to each other and stuff like that. But, um, he was a part of my church and I could always count on him. If I was struggling with something, I could go to him and and talk with him and he would be an open mind uh, and and be honest with me too, and I, I think that was huge. So it, it's possible. It, it just depends on your setting, it depends on your church, and also depends on your own personality too.
0: Yeah, the, it's hard to talk about that subject of friendship because we all do friendship differently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No two people are going to do that alike. I, I I know people who, you know, they they're so extroverted. It's like everyone in the world is their friend. Mm-hmm. There's some people you meet and they have one or two friends and they're okay with that. They don't want any more. They don't need any more because that's about all they can handle on a relationship scale. So there's a million degrees in between all of that. So one of the reasons I think we don't talk about this subject is because what's the right way to do friendship?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It it is different for everyone. And, and so, so let's, let's talk for just a minute. Then let's, let's kind of identify or define and do and how, what makes them a true friend. And so one of the first things that um, I wrote down for this is that um, that person will come anytime, anywhere to help. And I know that's not necessarily, you can't do that all the time, Uh, Most of the time now, anymore, we call or we text, right? And we uh, so a lot of that communication is done on our phones. But um, I just talked to um, a pastor um, just this past week that um, another pastor was going through some really bad things. Was um, was leaving his church position possibly leaving his family but this other pastor who was a good friend who lived on the other side of the united states found out about this um, got on a plane and flew to where this guy was and spent a week with him just trying to work through this and talk him down you might say and so that to me was a great example of a true friend
0: yeah, that is, that is what we're talking about. That person who values you enough that what's going on in your life is so important to them that they want to do anything that they can do to be a part of that. And I'm grateful for people like that, you know, like you and Dana and like others who have come into my life that have been those kind of people for me. And I am blessed and I'm a richer person for it. And I always feel like, man, I, I get the best end of the deal because the friends that I have are so much nicer than I am. (laughs) They're just just nicer people than me. And I'm like, man, I wish I could be more like my friends because they're just so much more level headed.
1: Well, and I think that's what, I think we all have that feeling, Alan, because in our times of need, we know what the thought processes that are going on in our head. And we, we experience the blessing of other people that, um, you know, at least what we hear from them is so much better than the thoughts going on in our own minds. So I think everybody, we experience that, you know, we were wish we could be more like our friends, but God blesses us with those people to be a voice of reason sometimes, uh, especially when we need it and when we're not being reasonable in our own minds.
0: And I need a lot of reason, so that makes... <laughs> yeah
1: so so another thing too alan and this is this is huge is to be able to keep confidences uh things confidential you know that someone you can trust to be able to share and that takes a lot of time to find that person
0: it does and i think people have to kind of earn that so you you know you share something that is important but if it got out okay big deal and you kind of waiting to see how that goes and then you realize you can go further and further and further and you know in some friendships that doesn't take long to develop that at all but it does take time and in other relationships it can take a long amount of time and i think the younger you are probably the longer it takes to kind of develop that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it, it seems like the older we get, the more closed off we get. i uh, more opinionated. <laughs> I don't know. Man, I'm getting more and more opinionated. And unfortunately, I share my opinion too much sometimes. So, yeah, I think you're right.
0: But we also, all, I think as we get older, we also learn the character of someone. We look at their life experiences and recognize when someone is trustworthy and when they're not trustworthy. And I think that time... Versus an experience when we put those things together also allows us to maybe be a little more careful in the situation could go, go badly, but maybe a little more quick in, in places where we see it can go really well. If we will open ourselves up to that. But I think you're right. Sometimes as we get older, we're, we're less inclined to want to add someone new to our circle.
1: Yeah, that's really true. It's hard for us. It, it's, you know, when we're younger, we're looking for people to add to our circle, and now you know we're kind of self-reliant, or we're tired, or grumpy, or whatever, uh, as we get older. Or the or the grumpy old men that should be in the movie, Ellen. <laughs> but you know, uh, another thing that comes to mind too is you don't want just a yes man to be your true friend. You, you you really want somebody that will listen and be understanding, but you want them to be honest and and be able to say back to you, hey, that that's not smart or that's good. Or, or maybe you shouldn't do that. You know, you need somebody like that.
0: Yeah. You want someone that can look at you and go, what are you thinking?
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Just need that
0: in your life.
1: Yeah. That's part of that being reasonable thing. We were talking about just a moment ago, you know, sometimes when we're not being reasonable, we need that fresh voice to speak to us and say hey this is this is not a good deal for you to do
0: yeah i'm grateful that there's some folks who've come alongside me i think in in my last church there was someone who kind of came to our church later in my ministry who was who was a bit older um but really just became a good friend and someone i trusted and was so strong in areas i didn't see and he was one of those kind of guys who would come to me have you thought about this you know, I might say something and, and he would come back and just give me something else to think about. And I love that. I love that there was someone who cared enough to actually stop and say, but have you considered? Because we, we all get this idea that, well, I must be right. You know, we just came back from the Southern Baptist Convention where, you know, everyone is convinced that they have the perfect, perfectly right theological stance. And there's no way that they could be wrong about anything. And when you've got, you know, 12,000, 15,000 people who all think that about themselves, it's a wonder any of us have friendships. Yeah. Because we can get so sidetracked. But what helps us is when we do have dialogue and friendships with people who see it maybe a little bit differently from us, then we know where to put our lines in our life in in so much of a better way.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, to be that voice of reason. But another thing i thought of too alan is that they needs to be somebody that will it's not just a one-way conversation but somebody who checks in on you you're not always contacting them and and i appreciate that um you know like I said alan and i have been friends for a long time and we check out on each other um but it there's also those people that you know you can Maybe you haven't seen each other in quite a while, but it seems like as soon as you get together, you just pick up right where you left off, right? And so those are important people, but they'll make it a two-way conversation.
0: Yeah, I think that's the hard part. I think one of the reasons that so many pastors struggle with friendships is because you think you have that friend, and then when you leave and you go to another church or whatever, you reach out back to those people and you realize they've moved on and it hurts. Mm-hmm. and it certainly happened to me um and I've probably been that guy a time or two uh, when uh, some friends have moved away from from my church or something and I considered them friends and I probably didn't reach out because I still had my network of friends there and they're the one who left it and that's mm-hmm. kind of how the church views you well you left my network of friends and you know so you know I put another friend in my circle and you know I don't have time to do it but those close friends that we develop in life is, you know, that's what we're talking about. is it a two way street, you know? And, you know, last year I lost a good friend. Um, he died after a long battle with cancer, way too young. Um, but it was always that way. Um, you know, sometimes I, I was the one reaching out. Sometimes he was the one reaching out and, you know, watching him. (laughs) And when you're asked by someone who, you know has a terminal illness in their first words hey i was just thinking about you how are you feeling how are you doing yeah. you know you've got a good friend there
1: absolutely that's so good well i wanted to give an example of this was not a good example but i wanted to share this years ago not in my last church but in previous there was a guy that you know, we we're pretty good friends. And I thought, hey, this is going to be good. And he came to me, he said, hey, let's get together like every week and and just kind of like be accountability partners. And I thought, hey, this is going to be good. I can share some things that are on my heart. But it never worked out that way. We got together every week, but it was always about him and always about the things that he was dealing with. I wanted to talk about And I never got to talk about the stuff that was on my heart and mind. And so that was really frustrating to me that. And so I didn't consider him a good friend. Um, You know, I was the counselor. And so I was still on duty. I couldn't let my guard down.
0: Yeah, we've we've run into those. So when they don't ever ask about you and they don't ever want to get to know you, you know, you've got a problem. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I remember meeting one of my pastors here locally who I walked into his office to introduce myself. And he, he welcomes me into his office and he just sits down and he goes, tell me everything there is to know about Alan. Hmm. And then sat there and listened, I'm trying to get to know him, but he was just so engaged in wanting to get to know me. And I walked away from that going, think, thinking, I, I want to be that kind of guy. And, you know, I consider him friend now, you know, I mean, this yeah. is, these are the kind of people you want to be friends with. And I'm so grateful that, that God has allowed me to have to meet so many good people in my life that that i consider friend and that's because they look out for our interests they care about what's going on in our ideas they care about our ideas and what they they look like and how they can even be better and things like that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah like you said looking out for our our interests instead of their own and and sometimes even be that um that guard for our family too right um they they know when we're not doing things that are wise that would hurt our family or our ministry um I, I think that's man you want somebody like that that will be be that guard for you
0: yeah if you have a friend but all they do is run down your wife or run down your kids or whatever they're not a friend mm-hmm. That's just, they should be a guard for you. They should be protective of you. Um, They should care about what's going on, but they should also be honest.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And so, so we've been talking a little bit about, you know, is it possible for a pastor to have a true friend? And Alan and I would both say, yes, yes, it is. Um, What does a true friend do? We kind of talk, talk to you about, about those things a little bit. But but what do you as a leader or a pastor have to do to have a true friend? Uh, because I, I find this is a, the struggle, right? It's possible, and this is what you look for, but but there's some things that we as a leader have to do to allow ourselves to have a true friend. And and so, Alan, um, you know, we have to be willing to open up some, to someone, don't we?
0: Yeah, you've got to take the time to get to know someone. You've got to be willing to open your life up to them. And a friendship means that they see more than the surface. I mean, that's really what friends do. They they get to a deeper part of who you are and get to know the real you. So you have to kind of be willing to unmask yourselves, so to speak, so that they can see you. So they hear your corny jokes and they put up with them or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they hear the things that break your heart, too. And and so that, that as a pastor, that's a hard thing for guys. And, you know, no matter what, it's hard for guys for us to be vulnerable. But as a pastor and, and being a guy, too, it's like a double dose of I can't let my take my mask off. I can't let myself be vulnerable and to show what really bre- is breaking my heart or you know especially when we talk about burnout and stuff like that alan that's an area it seems like that we really struggle to let other people because we think we've got to say show everyone hey i'm good i've got this down i'm in control when we're really not
0: well you and i got to learn to open up because we had some common interests we were both involved in the radio work at our college and we were both involved in baptist student ministries and then we both Um, well, Dana became more than a friend to you, but Dana was, was a common friend. And so we got to know each other through, you know, all those things that we do, but those conversations that started out as, you know, Alan, this is how you run an ad on the radio, uh, (laughs) you know, but those open the door, it starts somewhere. And usually it starts with a little bit less. My friend who passed away last year. He and I met because we worked at the same place. And there was a day where he decided he'd go with me to pick the kids up from school. We started talking. We, we found out we both love baseball history. And, you know, we just got closer and closer and closer until we just really became super close friends. So it really starts that way. It starts with a common interest. It starts with something like that. But then it's kind of like you just start to peel back the layers. And you have to be willing to peel back another layer for that mm-hmm. fridge to grow, deep, grow deeper.
1: I'm so glad you said common interest, Alan. That made me think that it's it's not always, it, it shouldn't always be talking about your ministry. Um, like you said, you know, you talked about baseball and history. I know you, Alan loves history and, and um, loves to read books about history and things like that. And I'm I'm not so much like that. But and so it's, you need to be able to talk about things that are not just about your church or your ministry. You need to be talk, uh, able to talk about some other things, um, you know, things that you like and, and to be able to share those things. And and so it does need to have some common interest outside of the church.
0: Right. You know, you find those things, whether it's, a, you know, you, you, you share a love for the same board game or you share a love for fishing or you share a love for hiking or. Whatever it is, you kind of have a common interest like that. I know a lot of guys became friends around cars. Cars are all, oftentimes a, a catalyst for things, and people become friends because you're sitting there looking at an engine together, and then you start talking about how other parts of life work together. And that's okay. Right. Whatever it takes, you know, you just want to, to do that. But there's a spiritual component to friendship too, isn't there, Trent?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, you know, don't forget to start with prayer on this. Uh, you know, when you're looking and longing for a good, true friend, man, it's so important to start by asking God. Don't just go looking. Ask God to show you, to open your eyes to that person. Because it may God may have been putting that person in your path that you would have never considered, but may be the best true friend. And of course, God has the best plan all the time. Anyway, we just need to be asking him to show us.
0: Yeah, I, I think back to the biblical story of David and Jonathan and um, how how David knew he could trust Jonathan. <coughs> Jonathan knew he could trust David. Jonathan was even supportive of David becoming king someday. You know, he didn't really want it. And yeah. He saw what his father was doing in this friendship. You know, here it is. It's a beautiful picture of what friendship should really look like in the Bible. But I do think sometimes we talk about praying for these things, and it's all trite, and it's all simple. But, you know, I have a prayer journal, and there are certain prayer requests, and, and oftentimes there there are friend-related prayer requests in there. And that should be a part of what, what's going on in friendship. Real friends pray for each other. Real, real friends pray about friendship as well as other types of relationships. So make that a matter of prayer. That's really important.
1: Yeah, and you want to, this is an area, it's kind of like an equally yoked kind of thing. You want somebody who's a friend who can pray with you, that's going to lead you to God, that's not going to pull you away from a relationship with God too. You know, that's part of the spiritual element of that friendship as well. So not only asking God to show you, but when you find that true friend, make sure that they are on the same, they're they're directing their lives the same way that you are in relationship to God uh, and, and pushing you toward God, not pulling you back.
0: That's really important. Make, make sure that they are helping you grow spiritually because real friends will do that. But there's one other part of friendship that I think we forget. We want people to just be our friend and be there when we want them to be there. (laughs) Yeah. Friendships take time. It Mm. just takes time. It takes time to build it. It takes time to maintain it and it takes time to cultivate it. So you have to be willing to put time into friendship.
1: Yeah. And it's not that drive through mentality of, okay, when I need it, I push the button, you know, and, but it's and it's not just all time focused on you you need to be willing in order to have a true friend you need to be a true friend and you need to give time to the other person as well it can't be we talked about this earlier that it can't be just one way and so it can't be just one way to you or the other person it's got to be serving both and helping each other
0: yeah because that's what time does right i mean sometimes i need I need my friend and then sometimes you need to know that your friend needs you and so make sure that you're making time to be a good friend so if your whole mindset is well God's put me here to to work 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 and you don't leave any time to be a friend you're going to struggle because I think God created us to be relational relational with him relational with with our mates with our family, relational with our church, but also in relationship as a friend. And we need to cultivate those friendships. <laughs> Jesus prayed about how grateful he was that he called his disciples friends. And we need to remember that Jesus took time, he took three years of ministry pouring into these guys. And it was time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So don't neglect the time that it takes to be a friend.
1: Yeah, and you know the the point of the article that we mentioned at the beginning was about that the the, the well being of pastors was dropping, uh, and and part of that was related to not having a friend, a true friend, and and so you know we we want to produce these podcast episodes to help you to increase your well being. Um, your spiritual, mental uh, well-being, and and part of that is is having a true friend. And we, gosh, we appreciate you taking some time to listen to us. Um, and Alan and I, we consider each other true friends, but we want you to experience that too. We want you to have a true friend that can be there, um, you know. And and so we just really want to encourage you and push you to find that because we want your well-being to grow so that you can continue in ministry. That's why we call it the Enduring Churches Podcast. And so um, we really appreciate you taking time to listen to us today. Uh, We've been talking about the need for a true friend, how to find one, what to look for, and how to be one. And so um, we hope that you uh, have enjoyed this. Please share it with someone Um, and, uh, you know, let other people know about our podcast. We really have a a goal of trying to reach 10,000 downloads on our podcast. And and so help us to do that. And, and thank you for giving us time. You've been a friend to us as you've taken some time to listen to our podcast. So we appreciate you and God bless you. Well, tune in next time to listen to the Enduring Churches podcast.